guys. Welcome back to the Miss Independent Podcast. I'm Mika and I'm here with Katie. We're so excited to get into this episode. We're going to be talking about all things debt and how not all debt was created equal. We're going to talk about leveraging your debt, different kinds of debt, and ultimately how you can manage debt better. Debt is sometimes one of the hardest things to talk about. And I think part of that comes from financial stress being such a big burden on the body and mind and it being a very difficult thing for for someone to go through. But before we get into this episode, one thing that I do want to say is most people have some kind of debt and the more comfortable you get with talking about it, with listening to other people's stories and how they're managing it, the better you will feel about your financial situation. Yeah, Nika and I were talking a little bit before we decided to come on and record this episode. And as we discussed, if you want to own any type of large value asset in this lifetime, chances are you're going to have to take on debt to do so, whether that be a home, a prop, like a rental property, a vacation property, a car, even used cars these days are pretty expensive. So don't feel alone. Most people, if not everyone, has to take on some sort of debt in their lifetime. Again, as Nika mentioned, not all debt is created equal. We have good debt and we have bad debt. And whether a given debt is classified as good or bad depends on several factors. So there's the interest rate and the amount of time that'll take you to pay back the debt. And then there's the matter of what you're actually borrowing that money for. Both are extremely important. So good debt is borrowing money that helps you build long-term wealth. On the other hand, bad debt is borrowing money to purchase rapidly decreasing assets or only for the purpose of consumption and can harm your credit score and deplete your finances. Quick, uh, quick question, Katie. Used cars. If I'm leasing a car, is that good or bad debt? Uh, That is bad debt. The answer is bad debt. If you thought good debt, I'm going to have to ask you to guess again. Yeah, please keep listening to this episode if you thought that was good debt. Um, so I think where we want to start off right now is actually go into maybe the different types of debt. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's talk about different types of debt. We'll talk about tips for handling debt and things that we've learned as well, because that's, that's the biggest takeaway, I think, from this episode. And um, we'll keep it fun. Like, we'll talk about some of our stories, too, because Katie and I have made some mistakes here. So there's a lot for you guys to learn from. Let's uh, let's talk about different kinds of debt. So we all know like mortgages are something most people have if you want to buy real estate. And I think this is the biggest misconception when it comes to debt. So taking on a mortgage is good debt in the sense that it allows you to, to take on leverage. It allows you to build your long-term wealth. As we just mentioned, the definition of good debt is borrowing that helps you build your long-term wealth. So as long as you are paying a good price for the property and you've done your due diligence, the debt you're taking on to acquire that property should always be considered good debt. Mm -hmm. So when my parents back in the day were looking to buy their first home, I remember they were very concerned about taking on an additional um, additional thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars for the mortgage. And they were very conscious and you know, after talking with them over the years, like their mindset's also changed quite a bit. And if you're in a position where you can borrow money from a bank in order to take on a mortgage and you have the option between taking on a higher amount of debt versus a lower amount, taking on a higher amount of debt, being able to pay that off consistently shows the banks that you are a reputable borrower 
And that will allow you to, to use that debt in order to purchase future properties. It shows that you're consistent. It shows that you're reputable, like I said, and that you could take responsibility. So if you are in a position where you have an option to take on a higher mortgage or a lower mortgage, in that option, you would take on a higher mortgage. That's, that's where um, mortgages can be considered good debt. It's still debt that you're carrying, but it allows you to prove your, your worthiness to the banks, let's say, and it opens up doors for you down the road. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about that because that there's not much more that we can discuss here. Um, another type of good debt might be student debt. So Katie and I can get into this a little bit. Um, there's been a lot of talk about people not going back to school um, or, or not going into universities and, and colleges anymore because they're concerned about the amount of debt that they're going to take on. And we recorded a whole episode on this that we're going to release for the next school year, I think, because um, there's a lot that can be said about this. But going to school can help you level up your income potential down the road. So assuming that it's something that is going to um, to help you in the future and it's not a degree that you're pursuing for your passions, financially, that can be considered good debt in my books. Katie, what are your thoughts there? No, 100%. Going back to the definition, if it helps you build your long-term wealth, it's considered good debt. So as long as it's not some useless communications degree, again, not to add anyone, but something that you can actually leverage to, you know, maybe start your own business or go into the workforce and climb up the corporate ladder, as long as it's something that can help you build your long-term wealth, then it's considered good debt in my books. So investing in yourself, investing in your knowledge, you can't go wrong with that. 100%. A, an example of bad debt would be something like taking on a car loan and leasing a car, for example. Why is that? Why is that an example of bad debt? As we talked about cars being a depreciating asset, so <laughs> Katie is quizzing me. The accountant is asking me what a depreciating asset is. But basically, when you uh, lease a car, you don't technically own the car. You are borrowing the car um, from the dealership for a matter of years, and you return it. With the potential to buy it out. With the potential to buy it out, yes. But at the end of the day, you don't technically own that vehicle. So what you're, you're renting and the value um, of that vehicle goes down every year that you drive it. What depreciating means is the value doesn't increase, it decreases over time. And as some of you may know, as soon as you drive a car off the lot, for example, you buy a car from Mercedes, you drive that Mercedes Benz off the lot, you've now purchased it, it's already depreciated by like at least 30%. Exactly. So let's, let me give you an example. Let's say you've got $30,000 in your account. You want to treat yourself. Do you one, put that $30,000 towards um, saving for a down payment? Or do you put that $30,000 towards buying a BMW? Which is going to set you up for success long term? If your first thought was the BMW, that's a red flag that says you, you got to listen to the rest of this. But in, you know, in all honesty, like with the way that society is headed, it's all about trying to uh, make yourself seem more well off than you are. And that's, that's so wrong. So if you have that $30,000 that you've been thinking about putting towards a car, a used car loan, whether you're financing it, which means that you're working towards owning it and you're just paying it off in increments, 
or you're leasing it, in both situations, car debt would be considered bad debt because that um, purchase doesn't increase in value. It doesn't better you off financially over the years. In fact, it makes your position worse off. And when I was going uh, to get a mortgage for, for this rental property, um, one of the big things that was considered into that equation of how much money the bank is going to give you is whether or not you have any debt payments. So when it comes to car payments, definitely something that you want to think twice about. It's a lot easier um, and it's a lot less of a burden on you financially to purchase a car outright, maybe a used car that is very reliable, like a Toyota. And I'm looking at Katie because Katie has a very reliable Toyota. Very old, high mileage Toyota Corolla that will not die. But yes, great car. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone needs to get around. And if you don't live in the city, if you live in the outskirts of the GTA, maybe public transit isn't the best option for you. Or you can get a uh, scooter. <laughs> I, I got I got an uh, electric scooter recently. And okay, first of all, scooters are now fully an acceptable way for adults to get around. And it's so much fun. Like I zip through the neighborhood on the scooter, goes 30 kilometers an hour. And it just, it, it makes me so happy. I feel like a child, but it's one of the funnest things. Um, only downside is I can't, I can't pick up pizza and um, scooter home with it wouldn't suggest trying that not fun but anyways no i saw that downstairs it really looks really cool i'm gonna try that after this episode um but as i was saying you know public transit isn't for everyone not everyone can access it or it's just not for you um depending on where you live where you where you reside where you need to work again not for everyone and not everyone has you know enough money outright to purchase a car. So you might have to resort to taking on car loans or um, leasing a car instead. And that's fine, but just be mindful of the type of debt you're taking on and be mindful of your payments and how much those are and, and if you can cut those payments down. And everyone's situation is different. So like leasing, for example, might be a great option for you if you're working towards paying off your debt and you are renting like a a Hyundai, a Hyundai Elantra, for example, one of my friends has actually a lease for a Hyundai Elantra and he pays like 200 bucks bi-weekly for his car. And in the long run, it may not, um, you know, be something that's sustainable or even like a, a, you know, a smart financial decision for, for building wealth. Yeah. Well, if there's any tax benefits, if your employer is helping you with your lease payments, like there's always so many different scenarios that come into play, but again, not great debt cars are depreciating assets so just keep that in mind when taking on this debt that's all we really have to say about that (laughs) big big type of um debt payment that we're going to talk about is credit card debt which is so easy to accumulate and i feel like in our day and age everyone kind of falls into this trap once you start using a credit card it's very easy to make purchases online especially if you memorize your credit card number try not to do that i it has made online shopping way too easy for me. Like, don't put that all in the notes of your phone. Like don't, I do. don't put it in autosave. If Google Chrome remembers yeah. it, delete it because that will will help you later on. It will make you think twice of the purchases. And like I said, credit card debt's really easy to accumulate. And I fell victim to it as well back in, I want to say 2016. This is 20, no, sorry, this is 2017. Me and Alex were moving into our condo and I was buying all of the furniture. So... 
I uh, decided to contribute. Um, it was Alex's condo that I was moving into. I was buying all of the furniture and I remember this was the first time that I was moving out. So I had um, I had a small, small savings account saved up for these types of purchases, but I went a little bit overboard. And uh, furniture is just a massive expense that I put on the credit card. And I, I told myself I was gonna pay it off that month. And then things started to pile up, started to buy random shit from um, you know the dollar store and it turned out to be couple hundred dollars at a time worth of purchases I was buying dishes I was buying all of these things and it was it was stacking up quite a bit and so what had happened was I accumulated um, just under ten thousand dollars worth of credit card debt and I didn't have the money in my account to cover it so I remember having a conversation with Alex because you know Alex are very open about our, our situation with each other and this was before we had any joint accounts uh, which is a very great thing to do if you're in a long-term relationship it it makes things easier, but everyone has their own ways to approach that. Um, so I was talking to Alex and I, I told him that I had this, this credit card debt that was making me very uncomfortable and I didn't know what to do. And he told me the best thing to do is just to pay it off right away. Don't, you know, don't let it accumulate even more. Um, don't let the interest pile up and just get rid of it. So he had actually offered to lend me, um, the excess that I needed in order to cover it in full that month rather than letting it accumulate. And to this day, it's one of the kindest things that I think um, that he's done. Just, it helped me understand that, you know, even though it was my debt that we were in it together and it was the first time that I'd felt like, that I'd felt like we were in it together. That's the, the best way to explain it. So it was really, it was really a kind gesture on his part. He did end up lending me, I think it was like $3,000 at the time I paid him back the following month. But it allowed me to not have to deal with incredibly high interest that credit card companies charge. So there's two lessons there. One, talking about debt with people that are close to you that you trust is is not always a bad thing to do, especially if they're able to help you, if they're able to lend any, um, any emotional support. It doesn't necessarily need to be that they're lending you the money to cover it, but just the emotional support it's, it's always worth doing because it makes you feel like you're not in it alone and you never are. There's people that love you, that care about you, that will help you get out of a difficult situation. And as we mentioned before, most people have debt, are also taking on debt as well. So there can be some tips some tricks that they can maybe provide you with on how to pay off your debt faster. So never be shy of talking about debt. It's a very common thing. And oh, that was just a really nice story, <laughs> Nika. Um, okay, so we've talked about all the different types of debt. And if you have debt, or if you're over the age of, let's say, 25, chances are you've taken on more than one type of debt. So let's talk about now when you do have multiple sources of debt, which debt should you pay off first? And not only that, but I think a big debate that we'll get into as well, and Katie and I have a couple scenarios here, is do you pay off debt, do you save, or do you invest? And this is the big the big thing that we're going to talk about in this episode, right? Because anybody that's, you know, in in their early stages of their career is going to have some form of debt. It's expensive to live in the city if you live in, in a big city. It's expensive to go to school and you're taking on a student uh, student loan. Katie and I both worked um, throughout our university degrees and that helped us pay off our 
uh, our tuition, we also didn't move away for school, right? We, Katie and I met in university. So for anyone that's new here, that's how we got to know each other. And that put us in a, um, in a very good position coming out of university. When we started our first jobs, we, we weren't in a position where we had to scramble to pay off student debt. So if anybody is in school listening to this, if you have summers that you can work through, if you have any time outside of school, if you've got a little bit of extra downtime, having a job throughout university, if you can handle the extra time commitment, it is so worth it. Because then when you graduate, you can focus on building wealth, you can focus on buying property, you can focus on investing, and you don't have to worry about paying off debt. So that's just a side note. Yeah, and working during university, the summers are just crucial in general, just to live, to be able to have experiences. And yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Okay, so let's get into the first thing. Save, pay off debt, or invest. What do you do first? There are are so many different opinions about this and any financial expert that you talk to is is going to have a different school of thought and there's a lot of different people like dave ramsey for example that have some great points on this but the biggest the biggest thing that all of these people agree on whether or not you think that somebody should be investing first whether or not you think somebody should paying be paying off high interest debt first or paying off their smallest debt debts first Again, there's different schools of thought that we'll talk about, but the biggest thing that all of these different schools of thought agree on is that primarily you should have an emergency fund. So, so, so critical because anything can happen, right? You can literally walk out your door, be hit by a car, and then you might be out of work if you work on your feet. You might have to pay medical bills if you live in the U.S. and Canada, we're blessed to have um, healthcare majority of different healthcare services covered by the government. And honestly, I've been thinking more and more about how how much of, the, of a blessing that really is. Like I listened to, um, to a podcast the other day about um, healthcare in the US and how giving birth costs someone, just giving birth alone, going to a hospital in order to birth your child can cost up to $10,000. So if you live in Canada, just, you know, have a moment of gratitude for the fact that we don't have those expenses. What I was going to say is like, if you do live in the States and you want to have kids, that's an expense you've got to plan for. So having money set aside in your emergency fund is absolutely critical. Like that's grand zero. That's where you start. You want to get out of debt. The first thing that is really important to do is to have a small, a baby emergency fund. It doesn't have to be huge. And it's something that you save within up to two months, just in case you lose your job. Just in case anything happens, your bare minimum expense is covered, at least for a little bit so that you can you can live. Yeah, I don't know if I completely agree with that. I feel like, yes, an emergency fund's always important and you should have one before you even take on debt. Like that is, I will 100% agree with that. But if you don't have an emergency fund and all of a sudden your credit card debt is racking up, I would almost argue if you're in that position, pay down your debt first. Because let's say something goes wrong and you know you need an extra thousand dollars and you don't have an emergency fund. You're gonna to have to take on more debt for that anyways. Depending on what debt it is and what interest rate the debt is at, you should probably even consider paying your debt down first, especially if it's credit card debt. 
because that's a really high interest rate. And if you don't already have an emergency fund going into that, then what what good what good is it going to do building up an emergency fund and you going deeper and deeper and deeper into debt? So let's let's rephrase this then. Ground zero, if you don't have credit card debt, is to start an emergency fund, 100%. something that you can accumulate within two months. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. And just something that will give you a little extra support and encouragement. I would say at least two weeks of just living. Two, uh, at least two weeks, two, even two months of living. Uh, the reason I say two months is that's easy to accumulate. It's not going to take you a long time. And then you can focus on starting off on a on a strong note. But credit card debt is definitely like the biggest thing that you tackle first. And if we're talking about the scenario, do you pay off debt? save or invest which of the three do you do first first you pay off credit card debt credit card debt is usually the highest interest student loans have a lower interest rate depending on what kind of uh, loan you have it's anywhere from like four to six percent even closer to nine percent for graduate loans depending on where you are as well every country is a little bit different credit card debt can be up to 20 percent annual so you would pay off the debt with the highest interest first. Yes. You would pay off the debt with the highest interest first. That that's where where my thoughts are and like how I would tackle the situation, but again, there's different schools of thought. Some people will argue in order to help you keep going on this journey, it can be mentally draining. We talked about how taking on debt and just having debt in general uh, can cause a huge amount of financial stress and can be very overwhelming almost to the point where where people start to drown in it and don't know how to get themselves out of it. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, again, 90% of the time, or depending on what debt you have, paying off the debt with the highest interest makes the most sense, right? But for all of our listeners, there are two kind of types of debt within the good debt and the bad debt realm. We have secure debt, which is backed by collateral, and then unsecured. So can you clarify what collateral is? Collateral can be, for example, a property, like a home. And so if you have secure debt, which can be um, a line of credit, car loans, mortgages, which is normally at a lower um, percentage than what unsecured debt is, um, I would always, always, always try to pay off my secure debt first because if you default on those payments, they take because the it's, exactly because it's your property is used as collateral. If you default, the creditor can then repossess your home. So let's just talk about that for a second. So unsecured versus secured. If I'm a bank and you want to borrow money from me. Why would I give you money if I don't have a guarantee that you're going to pay it back? So that's the reason why secured debt exists. Yeah, secured debt exists depending on how much you want to take out. If if you want to take out a higher amount at a lower interest rate, it'll be secured debt because they're going to be like, why will I lend you $500,000, $600,000? If you can't pay that out, we're out $600,000. We need something to, you know back this up by. Whereas unsecured debt, again, you can get, which can be a line of credit, you can get an unsecured 
loan, but the interest rate will be a lot higher. Say for example, mortgages are, let's say two to 3%, unsecured will probably be like, let's say nine to 11% Mm -hmm. because they're taking on so much more risk giving you this amount. And I want you guys to be careful with unsecured debt because the interest is higher, like we said, anywhere from nine to 10%. And it's, it's not free money is just what I want to say. Like I walked into my bank the other day and the teller was offering me an unsecured line, like an unsecured line of credit with an 18% interest rate. And yeah. And she was like, Nicole, like, this is a great opportunity for you. I can see that you just bought a new place. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, who are you? Do you know who you're talking to right now? But I didn't say anything. I was like, you know what? No, thank you. Like, that's not, that's not what I need right now. And she's like, we're not going to have these offers anymore. This is good. Get this rid ends of that. in November. I'm like, okay, I, I don't care. Like, I, I don't need this. But it's, so that's why, I, I mean, it's important to be cognizant of what that actually means. So unsecured means that it's money that you are getting. You don't have to put up any collateral. You don't have to um, put up any of your assets. But it is a much higher interest rate always. And the amount that you're actually usually able to get is lower. So it's most most unsecured lines that I've seen are under 100000 uh, whereas secure debt is more so something like a mortgage. And that's why people say like, oh, the bank went after their home or they defaulted on their mortgage and the bank seized their home. That's what it means. It means that you're putting up your home as a collateral. Um, that you're putting up your home as collateral and the bank can take it if you don't pay back your loan. And what happens is the bank doesn't just take your home and that's it. The bank will take your home, sell it. Recoup their investment. Recoup their investment and then the remainder they will give back to you or whatever creditors um, that you also owe money to will then get their um, amounts back as well. Mm-hmm. So we talked about paying off high interest at first, like credit cards. We talked about unsecured loans and how those are basically a trap. And paying off secured And paying well. off paying off secured loans first. I would even argue paying off secured loans are more important than high interest. If you have an asset that you worked really hard to possess, like for example, your house, and you've put a lot of money on a down payment, Securing that asset, making sure you don't default on those payments are more important than accumulating more in credit card debt. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree. So paying off your mortgage payments. But Katie, trick question. Should I pay off my mortgage early? No, never. Why? Never, never, never. Um, Because I feel like if you have extra funds, you should either save those funds for a little security nest egg, as we were talking about before, a security fund. Or what I would prefer to do is go take that money and invest it at a higher rate. Let's say you throw in the stock market, it's a guaranteed eight to 10%, let's say per year, if you're not an idiot with how you invest. And then that's more than your mortgage. So you're actually making money. And that way you can accumulate more money to maybe purchase your next asset in the future or Go on that trip you've always wanted. You know what I mean? So I think if you have an opportunity to pay off your mortgage first, I know the emotional side of it, some people would just want to get rid of the debt as soon as possible. Yes, I can see that. But I think from a logistical financial viewpoint, taking that extra money you have, investing it and making a greater return on that money will help you out greater in the long run. I, I definitely agree. 
I think there's also um, a big trade-off. Like when you invest, if you are young, and we talk about this all the time, starting when you're young is the biggest thing that you can do for yourself because your money has so much more time to compound and grow. And compound interest is straight up the eighth wonder of the world. Now we've talked about compound interest. If you don't know what compound interest is, go on our Instagram right now and look up the magic of what compound interest actually is. Basically over time, your money grows exponentially. It's crazy, sorry. Um, one of my my manager at my um, at my work, he announced that he's having a girl, like his wife's pregnant. And he said he just started a, um, a portfolio for his daughter who's not even born yet. And he just made this joke. He's like, my daughter, because of this compound interest, is going to become a millionaire before she's 10 years old. And I need to find a way to put in trust so her stupid boyfriend in the future doesn't get his hands on it. But it's just so funny that he's like starting something. He's like, yeah, because compound interest, she's going to be a millionaire before she's 10. That's incredible. That's how you build generational wealth. It's just the more that you open yourself up to these to understanding how all of this works. And if you're here, you're you're in the right place because you're learning how to do it. And you can't do it if you've got debt, right? I'm sure, I'm sure that person isn't worried about paying off his credit card. He's now working towards building a solid foundation for his daughter. The other thing that we, we were gonna talk about is some scenarios. So if, when you should invest if you have certain types of debt. So credit card debt, again, if you missed this in the episode, that's the first thing that you should pay off. But if you have a student loan and the interest on your student loan is 4%, but you're, you've been listening to our episodes, you want to get started with investing, you've got a little bit more money to invest, and you've got a long time horizon, you're 22 years old, do you invest knowing that your return is going to be around 9% a year or do you pay off your student loan? Yeah, it's a gamble. It, it really depends what you're investing in. Again, the stock market, we say 8 to 10% guaranteed, not guaranteed. No, nothing in life is guaranteed. No. So that's where, we say, where we say guaranteed is if you look at the average 20 years. Look at the trends. You look at the trends of the S&P 500, the average returns have been 9.6%. But that's not guaranteed. And if there is a stock market crash, that might dip down to minus 30%. And it, it takes time to recover, right? It won't recover just overnight. In in 2020, when the stock market dipped back in March, the start of the pandemic, it only took a couple months for it to bounce back. In 2008, it took a couple years. In 1930, it took way longer. I don't have the exact data in front of me right now, but significantly more time. It was, it was uh, over a period of years, it didn't bounce back overnight. And so investing, that's where the risk comes in. It's because you don't know what's going to happen with the market tomorrow, but you can look at historical trends. So it may not bounce back overnight. It may not bounce back even in like two years after it, uh, it, it dips. But if you have a long-term time horizon, exactly, it will. And it's always cyclical. It just takes time. So when you're investing in the market as a whole, you are spreading your risk across every company that's included in that basket. You're not just picking one stock, like let's say Microsoft. Microsoft is a huge company, and yeah, you might think that they're too big to fail, but if they fail to innovate, if they fail to keep up with uh, consumer demands, they might they might fail. That's still a possibility. So that's on why you should always um, 
try to diversify and spread your risk if you're somebody that's more risk uh, risk intolerant or if you're risk averse, let's say. But paying off high interest debt is the first priority. If you have um, a lower uh, a lower interest type of debt like student loans and you know for a fact that the returns on what you're investing in will be higher than that, then you would want to invest. But there's or no great probability. Yeah. Or great probability, but there's no way to necessarily guarantee that. So what Nico was just talking about was leveraging your debt in order to create greater returns. The best form of debt to do this with are line of credits. So what a line of credit is, it's a loan from a bank. And I would suggest secured line of credits, ones that are against your, ones that hold collateral against your property or whatever it is, because these tend to be um, lower interest rates. So let's say you have a $100,000 line of credit from the bank. So that could be like a HELOC, for example, Mm -hmm. or a line of credit that is secured against your home. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a $100,000 line of credit you got from the bank, 3%, 5%. What you can then do is you can then take that money and you can do a second mortgage with that. You could loan that money out to someone else as a mortgage. So that, that's actually something that I want to chat about. Great way to build wealth uh, through private lending. So you are working with a mortgage broker, somebody that might have a client who is looking to invest and can't, for some reason, get a mortgage from a traditional bank. Maybe he's already taken on too much debt, debt, but it's still a good opportunity. So you work with a mortgage broker and you are um, lending your funds to this person and the returns for private mortgages are anywhere, they, they range. It depends. So for example, if you're doing a second mortgage, meaning the bank's already given them a mortgage and now they're looking for a second one. The returns can be anywhere from 9 to 11%. Or you could do a third mortgage, which again are higher from like 13 to 16%. If you invest this way, I think this is a really smart way of taking a line of credit, investing that money, and then your your split between the 5% you're paying in interest and let's say the 10% you're getting um, from this uh, from this mortgage you're lending out to someone, you're making 5% on that. And 5% on $100,000, again, not that much, but that's still $5,000. No, Where can you find that on the street? Nowhere. Nowhere, you've got to create it. And then if you put that $5,000 into something that compounds. Exactly you have unlocked how to build wealth. The big thing, again, going back to credit cards, if you are looking to um, to be creative with debt, you need to have a high credit score. And if you have credit card debt, your credit score is affected. And that means that in the bank size that you're not a worthy borrower, so they won't give you, they won't give you the options to have either an unsecured or secured line. It becomes very difficult to prove your Uh, your responsibility there and that you're a responsible borrower. So that's why, again, credit cards can be dangerous. They're a great tool, but you need to make sure that you've got a high credit score. Yes. And we can talk about, we have talked about how to build that in a previous episode, um, which we can link in the show notes, but we can and will talk about that again, how to build credit score. Just a side note, 
If you are interested in learning about second mortgages and private lending, shoot us a DM so we know that and we could probably do a whole episode on that as well because I'm personally experienced in that and my family, that's something we like to do to build our wealth. So let us know and we can go into that more in detail. Yeah, you know what? We'll actually, we might bring an expert on yeah, to talk about that. Yeah, because Katie and I are, are very connected with people in the financial industry. There's a lot of mortgage brokers that we know. So I'm sure there's people that uh, even within our network are super knowledgeable and- Already uh, have someone who wants to come on and talk yeah, about Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the same person yeah. too. So we'll, we'll definitely bring them on because it's a super interesting uh, interesting way of building wealth that I think a lot of people aren't familiar with or as familiar with. And it it can be very lucrative. So we'll definitely bring someone on. And in the future, if there's anything that you want to learn more about, like Katie and I love learning as well. We There's so many things that we don't know. We don't know at all. <laughs> we don't know about at all. And I think the beauty of this podcast is it's, um, it's opened our eyes to a lot of different financial instruments and ways to um, to grow your money. And we don't talk about one thing. That's one thing that you guys will notice is that we we talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about real estate. We talk about investing in the markets. There's so many different ways to do this. It do, there's no one shoe fits all solution. And that's why you want to stay away from people that will tell you this is the only thing that you should be doing. Because that's not true. Everyone's situation is different. Everyone comes from a different place. And our goal with this episode was to open your eyes a little bit to how debt works and help you understand that not all debt is the same. Debt can actually be a really incredible way that you, is. it can be an incredible tool that you can use in order to open up opportunities. If you leverage and utilize your debt properly, going in debt can make you rich. I think there's a huge stigma around debt and rightfully so because people don't know how to handle their debt. Thinking of debt from a different perspective as more of a tool to accumulate assets to build your wealth. Again, not all debt, but some debt. I think thinking about it in that way can help many of us with the emotional side of debt as well. Bottom line is you always just need to have a plan. That's what reduces stress. That's what reduces all of the anxiety around your finances. It's just having a plan and working towards it. So if you are starting off in a position where where you feel uncomfortable or not necessarily satisfied with where you are, you got to build a plan. And if any of you are uncomfortable about talking to your friends or family about debt, shoot us a DM. We don't know you personally, for majority of you listening. We have no judgment. We have taken on debt ourselves. So... If you want to just ask us any questions about your debt, just talk to us, bounce some ideas off, please feel free to do so. Again, this isn't financial advice, but more of just from a knowledge-based perspective of what we've learned over the years. Yeah, and I think Katie and I have talked about this. The easiest shortcut to learning is learning from other people's mistakes because you learn what not to do. So do you have any questions? Our DMs are always open. We're happy to chat if there's anything that you want to know more about. Debt can be an incredible way to build wealth if it's used appropriately. It's just a tool at the end of the day. Not all debt was created equal. And we went through a lot in this episode. We talked about how to leverage your debt. We talked about good versus bad debt. We talked about the triangle of paying off debt, saving or investing. Which do you do? In what circumstance? And we talked about the different types of debt. We talked about secure debt and secure debt.
what debt to pay off first, in what type of circumstances. We've learned a lot today. So I want to thank you guys for, for listening in. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Namaste.